NFR Extra is a weekly podcast that focuses on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons that embody the rodeo and Western lifestyle. You know, it's like, that's easy to say, but when you have somebody saying that and you're watching them do it, that's a different ballgame. It really is, too. And, and the way that he did it and the, the example that he was by just the way that he conducted his life, not the way that he competed. Because I don't know if I've ever met a fiercer competitor than my dad. You know, this is this is my moment right here. And my, I remember my dad, I was looking at him and kind of knew I was looking for advice and just, I don't know what to tell you. Just have fun. <laughs> Everybody that stepped up to the plate that year, I'm so grateful. Yeah. And thankful for that. And it, it was a beautiful rodeo. Like, that experience alone was amazing. But yeah. the energy in the Thomas and Mac, that 10th round, yeah. you just cannot replicate it. Hi, I'm Cody Wright, two-time world champion saddle bronc rider, and this is NFR Extra. Start that whole thing over. Who's starting it? <laughs> I don't, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is Casey Field, and uh, we're doing NFR Extra, and he has asked Brylan, Steve, and myself to join him for the podcast. We're we're doing a, a different little twist on this episode where there may be some rapid-fire questions from Casey to us. I'm so confused why uh, Andy's talking when it's your show. So just I'm doing the interviewing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interviewing you. Yeah. How much money do you make before taxes? <laughs> Welcome to the show. Oh, this is going to be dangerous. Okay. So take us back to the very beginning, Casey. What what was it like growing up the son of a world champion? Man, it was awesome. I had the best childhood ever. So fortunate, so blessed. Uh, where I grew up, how I grew up, my parents, my brother, my sister. It, it was really a dream childhood. Um, my dad, he never... He never said, you know, I'm a world champion. This is the way we do things. Or, you know, if you don't choose bareback ride, you can't do anything else kind of thing. Never, never, ever once was it like that. Um, whatever we wanted to do, he supported us no matter what, 100%. And the only thing that he would say is like, okay, well, you know, if you're going to do this, you're going you're gonna to do it right and you're going to win. And, uh that's just kind of how we did everything. If we played soccer, no matter if we made a goal or scored in the wrong goal, we did a good job and we played better than anybody else. And you're talented. You're, you're great. That's what we were told from day one at everything we did, that we were the best and we could accomplish anything. That's insane. Yeah. That's also crazy too, because when, you know, you can have just that great parent that is always lifting you up. But when you have a dad that accomplished what he did and showed you, like, this, this is how you do it, son. This is what champions do. You know, I mean, he put his name in the record book, so you got to watch your dad. You know, and it's so cool at the finals when they'd show the pictures of, like, uh, of you, you and your dad when you were little, with your little 80s uh, or 90s <laughs> little zip lines in the hair. Sa side steps, side, side spike, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the way, the man. The whole thing, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and the, but to see that sort of stuff to where, like, you got to actually see that in play. To, like, you can do whatever you want. You know, it's like, that's easy to say, but when you have somebody saying that and you're watching them do it, that's a different ball game. 
It really is too. And and the way that he did it and the, the example that he was by just the way that he conducted his life, not the way that he competed. Cause I don't know if I've ever met a fiercer competitor than my dad at everything that he did. It didn't matter if it was, you know, church ball, uh, softball at Salinas rodeo against the timed event guys, whatever we did or whatever he was doing, he was going to give it his 110% effort. And, and you seen it, you know, you know, not necessarily, you didn't just notice it out on the field, but you did, you could take notice at the end of the game or the end of the task that he did put forth all of his effort. So fast forward now, because he, he was involved in many aspects of rodeo, not just from a pickup man to, to everything that, that he did, but he was also involved in, in college rodeo. So tell us a little bit about you coming up through the high school and college ranks. Yeah. So, uh, you know, growing up in rodeo, there was always the great champions, my dad's friends coming to the house. And so riding the spur board, we always had great direction, uh, great advice. Um, I did other things before I really got focused with rodeo. I junior rodeoed always and went to high school rodeos and stuff like that. Um, race snowmobiles, race BMX, downhill mountain bike. My dad was always a big part of that, just teaching me how to win. My dad, he did everything in the rodeo world. He produced rodeo. He's, he had NFR stock. He uh, was a, voted upon the, the Cowboys to work it as an NFR pickup man. And then he had, he was a college coach at uh, UVU, Utah Valley University, and he coached a handful of champions. He, not, the team never won a championship. We came close a few times, but, uh, you know, just understanding every aspect and every level of the sport, because my dad lived it, you know, and, and I was right there on his coattails, hanging out and saddling his horses when he was picking up, or I'd go to the college rodeos, even when I was in high school and help the team with the horses and travel with those guys. And, you know, I would go to practice with the college team, but I was going to compete against the, the college kids. And, and that was my goal to outperform all those college kids and, and shine on my dad's team. But I wasn't on the team. And that was just something that I could do to impress him and, and the other college kids and, and almost build them up like, hey, I'm, I'm a 12-year-old kid getting on college practice on my practice horse, but I'm still going to outride you. And that was kind of, it was a good motivation, good push for those guys at the same time as, as it was good for me. So you've, you've told this story in the past, and I want you to tell it again because I think it is brutally honest, and more often than not, you, you are. But we were at the college finals at the same time, and I felt like from one year to the next, there were two different versions of Casey Field. And, and you joke about it, but you're really honest that one guy was there to ride, and then there was a guy that was there to eat everyone's lunch, win, and then celebrate after the fact. I mean, so tell me a little bit about that transformation from just going to the college finals and being there and, hey, I I need to step it up if I'm going to be one of the best in the world. Yeah, for sure. When I went to the college finals, uh, it was eye-opening for me because I, I felt like that the people that I competed against in the wilderness circuit and in the college Rocky Mountain region, that I was the best and it was known that I was the best and I was I won a lot, but you know, it was, I went to the college finals and there was Tilden Hooper, Just McDaniel, Stephen Peebles, Jared Smith. I could go on and on. And these guys were, they were winning other rodeos. They were winning some pro rodeos and it, and I got there and it was like, wow, I'm not just a college kid anymore. I'm a, I'm a college man. And this is the time I flip it. And it was like, 
the first round I rode and it was like, man, that was easy. I rode so good. That was a blast. Okay. Now take care of business. Let's do it. You know? And I remember conversations that week with my dad, we'd go play golf. I'd ride down to the stalls. We'd go talk to his teammates and or my teammates and all of his college students and the things that he was telling them and teaching about being a champion and about winning in these situations. Um, you know, it was, it was crazy to, to be able to sit there and, and listen to, to what he was saying and, and be able to live those moments and see it happening unfold that week as it was happening. It was just, you know, it was, uh, it was reinsuring of my potential of, of how good I really could be. And, and that was one of my dad's and I's probably one of the only times that me and my dad really talked about competition and like broke it down mentally. That was probably the earliest one is right there. And I remember I had a uh, dusty Dan in the short round of Vold's Harry Vold at the time, big, huge mane and tail. And I've seen that horse and like, I was like, all right, you know, this is, this is my moment right here. And my, I remember my dad, I was looking at him and he's like, kind of knew I was looking for advice. And he goes, I don't know what to tell you. Just have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was pretty funny. He says, we've talked about all this stuff. Just go do it. It's going to happen. It's going to take care of itself. Have faith in yourself. Come on, buddy. Well, yeah. That's awesome. Pat me on the butt. And that's awesome. Come on, little buddy. Yeah, get, get in there. Yeah. You're fine. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I could imagine though, like the, the 12 year old Casey field going to the college thing. It's like, no. And, and like, they really motivated me and I motivated them. And there's probably some bareback guy like that. Damn, Casey Field is <laughs> already pissing me off. Yeah, Jared and Steven, for sure. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that and had carried on. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> now, it was a fun stage in my life, for sure, to, you know, reflect on what I've done and then, like, okay, how far are you going to take this? Obviously, you want to be a world champion. You know how to do that, kind of. You know what it took. But at the same time, it was like, okay, this is how you dig deep. This is how you mentally prepare yourself. And, and this is, you know, how you go into battle. Yeah. I just, I think it's, it's so cool now that you're, you're really in your third decade of making the finals, you know, so you make it in 08 the first time. So then you've got 11 to 20. And now, so, I mean, there's not many guys outside of maybe a, Bobby Moe, you know, I, I know Clint Corey went a lot of years. So there's there's some that stretched it into multiple decades, but you got to be proud of the fact that you found a way to take care of yourself and extend your career as long as you have. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a win, you know, and it's important to take, um, you know, achieving things. When you achieve things, it's a win. And if you treat it like a win and you, and you reward yourself like a win, that makes it more fun. And so, you know, what I've done and how long I've lasted, especially in the bareback ride, and it was never a goal of mine to outlast anybody or to go to the NFR more than anybody. Obviously, I was, wish I could have came here seven times and won seven world titles and never come back. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, Finding new ways, um, searching to be the best, it, it's every day. And it, it, it's, it hasn't really sent in, so I can't really answer that, I don't know, correctly, I guess you could say. I think it will set in more when I'm done riding bucking horses. But as of right now, I have 
I don't, I haven't thought about that. My, my, my thoughts are winning. How do I win more? How do I, uh, become a better bareback rider and build on top of what I already have? And that, that's something that I lost for a little while there when my dad passed away or when I found out that my dad was sick. I didn't, I wasn't worried about being the best. I wasn't worried about critiquing my riding. I was, in my opinion, I was a world champion. I deserved it. I deserve this, you know, and, and there was two years there that, you know, my, my rodeo record, my, my winnings didn't show. And it, it's because of, you know, I wouldn't say I had a piss poor attitude, but it was not a championship mindset. And, and it's, you have to, as soon as you start saying, you know, I deserve this or I have to do this, that's when it starts to wear on a guy. But if you, if a guy says, Oh, I get to do this, I'm 35 and I'm in the shape that I am. And I can still ride bucking horses with the yeah. best of them. Hell yeah. Bring on the workout. Yeah. You guys want to do something in the morning workout, push me. Come on, let's see what you got. And, and with my riding, it's like I rode that horse and I was 87. I could ride that horse and probably be 90 if I did this or did that, held my free arm like this, turn my right toe out, you know, make it look effortless, make it look like you're not on the rankest horse ever. And I think that, uh, that's one way I've, I've kept it going and stayed, I guess, youthful in my dreaming is, uh, <laughs> to, uh, well put. find new ways. Yeah. Let's take a quick pause and we'll be right back. Looking to rope in some new news and features you can't find anywhere else? Then look no further than the series of blogs and vlogs at nfrexperience.com. You'll find customized content on all things rodeo and Las Vegas. There's the NFR Insider with Susan Canode, Hurley's Hotspots, NFR Experience, Junior World Finals, one-on-one with Wrangler contestants, Behind the Shoots, Heart of the NFR, and Gold Buckle Buzz. Still just, just, still just getting that pat on the butt. Come on, yeah, little guy. Exactly. Go ahead. I don't, and I don't. I hate to say it, but I'm the older guy in the bareback ride, but I can guarantee I feel the youngest. Even, yeah. even like when we're teasing and joking around with all the young guys, it's I don't picture myself as the old man right. that people need to come in to ask advice for. Right. I'm I'm the one still searching. Yeah. When that's like, I don't know, it's it's pretty crazy because last year when we were having this conversation, it's like, dude, you went from five, what about six? Like you broke through that record. So with like your mental clarity and your attitude and championship mindset it's almost got to be a little bit of a relief to you know what i'm saying to where like how many guys are just trying to get that one that first world championship how many guys got one and they feel like they got to get two you've broken records now and you're on top of your game like you said you're healthy and you feel good towards like hey man i'm just gonna go ride horses and have fun now you know i mean that's got to be kind of a like a, a release it is it is for sure it's uh five was hard to win my fifth world title was hard. It was a, it was a, cause I went through that stage where I re- had to relearn everything. I had to, to figure out how to dream again. I had to figure out how to write goals down again. I had to figure out, you know, cause I didn't do it for so long and I had to re relearn it all. Just like when someone, you know, has a stroke and they can't speak, it's almost like that's what I experienced in my writing. And so the fifth one, it took me, you know, from 14, hell 20 so it took a few well, years took a, but yeah, well and not only that but in 20 you have that's the covid year and you have a re-ride 
I mean, for all of these yeah. things to come together, you have a re-ride in the 10th round to win number five. So, I mean, that you, the horse that I had that Richie tapped out when he did, like, the stars aligned right there for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. But, but I, I told my wife when we left the house and we were driving to Texas, I know exactly the corner that when you're coming into farming in New Mexico on 257, I looked over and told my wife, I said, I hate leaving the house. I hate dragging my family away from our house, away yeah. from home, but I'm winning this world title. I can guarantee it. And she's like, I trust you. I believe in you. And I said, no, I'm not joking. Whatever it takes. And then I uh, had a rewrite in the ninth round. And I remember going back to that and telling my wife that. And I was like, I was sitting on the back of the shoots and I was talking to Rick Smith, a buddy of my dad's during, you know, the bulldog and the team rope. And they started loading the horses. I was like, oh shit. All right. Well, it's go time. I was, I was, I was so at comfort and so confident in what I had in front of me because of the, the things that I relearned and, you know, my, my preparation was going to take over and everything's out of your hands at that time. It's, it is what it is. The judges have to wake up and put the right shoe on at the right time and they have to be your fan and, and the buck and horse, they had to get up and have the perfect amount of grain and the perfect amount of water throughout the day to get in there and buck to his top ability and, and, how everything came together that time was unbelievable. And, you know, I'm not saying if it wouldn't have happened that way or anything like that, I want to win the world title, but the way that it happened is, uh, probably my favorite world title. Really? Yep. Yep. I hate that it was in Texas. Not that I hate it, that it was in Texas. I should not say that. That was stupid. We can edit but, this. I'm not editing <laughs> but, that. <laughs> but it, it's, it's also uh, for Las Vegas events, though, so yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Las Vegas and the NFR and the energy that's here, if I would have had that re-ride here at the Thomas and Mac and the energy that would have happened around that situation and yeah. people knowledgeable of it, just because out in the middle of a 10-acre pasture, right? it's a little, a little different, different energy. Yeah. yeah. Like this year during the 10th round, I had that paint horse and they start playing the music. Most of the time when I'm in the shoot, I don't hear uh, anything. I don't hear the flank man. I don't hear the gate guy, nothing. And I heard the music. I heard the announcer. I cracked my hand back and was already feeling the butterflies in my stomach. Oh. And it was just like, you know, that, that feeling right there, if that fifth world title in Texas, which was an amazing, you know, situation to be a part of, and it worked out. It. And I'm yeah. very grateful for Globe Life Entertainment or the arena. Yep. and. Yep. Everybody that stepped up to the plate that year, I'm so grateful and, and yeah. thankful for that. And it, it was a beautiful rodeo. Like that experience alone was amazing. But yeah. the energy in the Thomas and Mac, that tenth round, yeah, you just cannot replicate it. But that I don't know, man. Here's the thing too, like with that, I understand with, you know, exactly what you're saying. Because those for those people that have never been to the Thomas and Mac, when you walk in there, it's when you hear this cliche of you feel the electricity in there. You feel the electricity when those people are screaming. And it's like, but with that, you take that away. And you take this almost at that time unattainable goal of five. And you did it not in your comfort zone, not in your backyard, not in your routine spot of doing that. And you went somewhere else and did it. When you weren't supposed to. When you weren't supposed to. And then you come back to Vegas and do it again. It's like, that's home. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things to where it's just like, dude, you did it. You know what I mean? Like that's, you did it with the odds. And like you said, stars aligned, whatever it is. So that's like, that's, you know, that that's what it takes to be a champion. It's like, if that's not some championship <laughs> shit, I don't know what is. 
Man, I'll tell you what. That year was tough. Like, I remember driving out through Nebraska, through the cornfields, and it was just me and Hux, and I was like, I don't know. I had the most negative thoughts come over, and like, what am I doing? I'm out here rodeoing, like, I'm going to this rodeo for 1800 bucks, and I only have a shot at this maybe 40 times this year. Like, gosh, dang, this is retarded. Maybe I just need to go home, put my mask on, and get vaxxed and lay on the couch. Oh. But, like, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's a, that was, I can't say that that didn't go through my mind because it yeah. did. But at the same time, you open up your day planner, and at the top of your day planner, it says 7X world champion. That little pansy ass attitude goes right out the window pretty quick. Hucks, your dad's being a big sissy right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to turn up the radio. <laughs> yep, and it's a good reminder when he's with me. You know, it's it's like Tilden when you, when you get in the truck and you'd be like, dude, at four seconds, why did your right foot come up like that? Or your free arm was shit that ride. Yeah. I get in the truck and Hucks, dad, did you win? Uh-uh. Why? Why not? It's like. Much worse I, than I thought. Tilden, I thought you were it. saying traveling with Tilden is like having an extra kid in yeah. the truck. Well, that's I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, get with the get Hux with the is five, <laughs> Tilden is 35, and they're the exact same. Yeah, we the get conversations and yeah. everything. Can we get some chicken Save nuggets. Money. Do you have a piggy bank? Yeah, hey, with this, you do that. <laughs> no, I'm teasing, uh, but no, seriously, <laughs> yeah. no, Tilden's awesome, he's a very intelligent guy, and our. Our little uh, duo works really well. It makes traveling a lot of fun. What are some of your favorite traveling stories? Oh, geez. Pick one, maybe two. Oh, probably when we ran it. <laughs> I ran out of diesel. Well, Tilden ran out of diesel. This truck and camper that he had, if the light came on, you were out. It was too late. You needed diesel. And we were coming back from Reno. Uh, it was the first truck and camper me and Tilden had, first one I had. And my mom and dad come out and watch us in the short round. We were coming back across the Salt Flats. We went through Wendover and thought we could make it to Tooele. We run out of diesel. It's like 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> my mom and dad are sleeping in the camper. I opened the door. I said, hey, dad, uh, we run out of diesel. We got to start walking or thumb a ride to town. You know, what do you want you and mom want to do? Well, I don't know. Don't wake me up. <laughs> and I looked at Tilden and Tilden's eyes were huge. And he's like, does he not even care? <laughs> What's he going to do? <laughs> he's like, all right. So we, you ran out of diesel. So yeah. we thumb a ride down to the fuel station and it, we first car picks us up on the way back. We have a, a diesel tank. So it takes a little while to get a ride a couple hours. And so, we hop on the truck behind the frame or behind the cab on the frame and sitting on the truck going about, I don't know, 80 miles, going 80 miles an hour, holding the gas tank. <laughs> Me and Dylan are just bearing down. And we get there and we tell my mom that uh, a drug lord picked us up and took us into the gas station. When we pulled in, there was cops all over and handcuffed us, threw us down on the ground and integrated us. And so, you know, we go home. We have a barbecue at my house the next day hang out and then Wednesday this is Monday Wednesday me and Tilden go to the chiropractor down in town and the receptionist is my mom's best friend and she's like so tell me what drug lord picked you guys up and like, <laughs> she had gone and told Manuel 15 Gonzalez. people yeah. 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 <laughs> before we could even tell her that we were joking so I don't even know if we've told her the truth about that yet but I, I we went on with it for a long time Jeez. there are so many 
I mean, should be dead. (laughs) Shouldn't have made it. (laughs) How did we make it? Stories. It's not even. Sounds like a good story with Tilden. So you mentioned the salt flats. Uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about the the film that you guys made, Unbroken. Yeah, so Unbroken, uh, it's a, a little docu series about myself. There was, I've been approached several times by companies come in and tell my story, my dad's legacy story that he started, and um, it never felt right. Never was enough money, um, so I just kind of did it myself. I met Rodrigo and Brad, videographer and, and a photographer through the Steiners and developed a relationship. And I told them these ideas that I've been throwing around and they're like, yeah, we can do it. And I said, you know, maybe this is the time that we can do this. And I have an idea. I drove across these salt flats. I've seen lots of cool things happen in my home state of Utah on these salt flats. I got to do something. And I honestly, I woke up a few days later and dreamed of me on a white horse. The dream was Virgil and coming around to the left and the coolest thing ever, nothing in sight. Um, Virgil wasn't, I couldn't get access to Virgil. So I talked to, uh, John Franzen with two buck Chuck and I wanted a horse that fit the part. I didn't want a horse to come in and just, you know, me make it look easy and, and somebody, something that every anybody could go and get on a horse on the salt flat. So I wanted it hard. Um, that horse showed up that day. Well, I had been planning it for probably two or three months, but when the horse showed up, it's like, okay, dude buckle up this is for real now like no backing out um and so that that piece unbroken uh the salt flat thing it just fell into place to the documentary and then we did that and we've been on these pack trips and we've had a handful of uh i don't know little episodes that you could say on, on footage of it and so you know it just okay well you know i want to tell my story i want to make a movie i don't want to a documentary but i wanted i want to tell my story i think it should be shared this day and age there's not a lot of good out there most most of your movies now have you know some absurd scenes in it that our world the rodeo culture doesn't agree with at all and so i had a lot of motivation i don't know where it came from or you know if it was god sent family or what but I, it needed to be told and and the people that were a part of it and the things that were said in it and how it fell together, it, it, it's going to be hard to replicate and better. I'll tell you that. And, and I want to. I want to do another episode or buck a horse somewhere unique like that. But uh, the way that uh, it impacted people and, and the feedback that we're getting was way more than I was expecting. And, it, and it's been a lot of fun. Very humbling to see the support that I've received by pushing that video out. It's been eye-opening for me and so i started a production company with my brother shadrach um he's a businessman very smart and been taking some horses to some movies and doing some photo shoots for other companies and it's just uh one of those things like i in in my bareback riding it's you know i was i was forcing things i had to do this i had to do that things weren't working and and you know since 2019 you know ended 2019 beginning of 20 no, it's it's more see what happens see what see what you push yourself as hard as you can to your to your ability i guess you could say to your potential um and then you know with business with with this movie it's kind of like let's just kind of sit back and let's play it out see what happens and and with that seeing what 
see how it plays out and what comes of it. The opportunities are are coming pretty dang fast, and it it's been a lot of fun to, you know, not be so forceful and have faith in your future, and really believe what is coming is going to be good. And you know, it's it's never been if we start this production company and we invest this money in this, how are we going to get that back? It's like, okay, you know, we could do this. Well, that's a that's a bullshit I- yeah. idea. Well, who sa- <laughs> who says it is yeah. like? scared money don't make money yeah that's exactly right and it's been fun well speaking of fun i honest honestly it is a pleasure to watch you do what you do i i liken it to watching jordan in his prime okay i mean watching watching somebody who has overcome adversity and who who had a goal in mind and there's nothing that's going to stand in their way and so I, I just want you to know that we appreciate you being here with us today and we appreciate what you do and the and the human being that you are, Casey, because you're an inspiration to people in this industry. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I really do. Um, that's something too, like the inspiration part of it, being a world champion, you know, is I grew up doing it. I didn't know, you know, the potential of a world champion or the reach that a world champion had. I won my first four world titles and I was a young man. I had no distractions. It was, I, I did that. This was me. And then going through, you know, the bumps and bruises, the ups and downs and, and feeling support from other directions that you didn't know. Um, that's a humble, humbling feeling and it's amazing. And, and so after, I guess, hitting your head, losing your dad, being broke, you know, all those things that everybody's, I'm not, everybody's had those moments in their sure. lives. But, uh, you know, it's the pedestal that I'm on right now. It's, it's a lot of fun and I love winning rodeos, but at the same time, I've really understood the reach that I have and how I can impact people in a, in a positive way. And so, you know, when you, I guess, you know, when you meet somebody or you shake somebody's hand, you, you, you have a pretty good intellect of who that person is. And, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun when you can, when shake, shake somebody's hand and you know, something's up, you you can see something, maybe sad eyes or confused eyes, you can see something to them. But if you can compliment that person or, you know, stop in your shoes and go over and say hello and care about that person and you're invested in, in that person and, you know, you want to hear about them, you, you care about them, you genuinely care about them. When you see that person's reaction and you see them light up that's that's a that's a rodeo win right there for me that's yeah. a that's a big accomplish right there that's going to last a lifetime for a young teenager that hey man you are capable of this yeah you know don't change anything who you are because you are great you're you're a great young man you're look who you are you know build them up and then here you go but this is that's the the only tool they needed was a compliment yeah. to go achieve something great yeah and understanding the potential and the or the pedestal that i'm on that I can reach people in that way because I haven't done it my whole career, but now that I understanding of it, and yeah. those, those moments are there. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's cool to see that what you're capable of on that side too. And it doesn't, it doesn't take a whole lot to change somebody's life, but, and hopefully, you know, I mean, when people listen to this sort of stuff and maybe they didn't know that, you know, your whole story or haven't watched uh, unbroken or something like that to where they say, Oh man, like this, this guy isn't all just, gold buckles and and sunshine and roses it's like all that but hopefully people uh will hear this and see that you know that the champion that you are is being revealed in a whole nother way and 
Well, thank you. Seven times, baby. Seven (laughs) times. That's right. Keep looking at that day planner, and next year that day planner is going to say 8X on it, and we'll just (laughs) book this and be back in Vegas again. So thank you, Casey Field, for joining us here on NFR Extra. Heck yeah, you betcha. Good Good luck this summer, buddy. See See you in December. All right. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. Subscribe.